The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening um, and welcome to our celebration of June 19th or Juneteenth. Uh, My name is Cheryl Cummings and I'm the chair of the Multicultural Affairs Committee. In 2021, President Biden signed a bill establishing June 19th, Juneteenth, as a federal holiday. We wanted to spend some time this evening learning about Juneteenth. Uh, It's a a little bit about its, its history and its current and future importance in the United States. So I'm very excited that this evening we have three marvelous uh, panelists who are going to share their experiences and perspectives of Juneteenth with us. Um, We also have two MCAC uh, members, Michael Garrett and Pam Metz, who will actually be the the facilitators for the call. I'm here to um, introduce or to share a little bit about our speakers, and then I'm going to turn it over to Michael and Pam. So as I said, it's, it's my honor to be here and to share some information about our panelists with you. So panelist one is Kenneth Simeon Sr. He is a native of Lake Charles, Louisiana, a resident of Beaumont, Texas, and a proud father and grandfather. Uh, he is someone who is involved in his local community, involved in ACB and his uh, state affiliate. He's an, as you all probably know, a board member for ACB. He is the chair of the DKM community, uh, president of his local ACB chapter and president of the board of directors for the Coalition of Texans with Disabilities and much more. Thank, welcome. Uh, Kenneth, and thank you so much for being here with us this evening. Our second panelist is Sarah Fremont Smith. Sarah was born and lives in Houston, Texas. She is a member of the Houston Council of the Blind and ACB of Texas. Sarah is a human resources professional with more than 30 years of experience and currently works uh, full-time with a career management firm. Welcome, Sarah. And um, our third panelist for this evening is Lisa Sled. Lisa was born in Harlem, New York in the mid-60s and moved to Detroit, Michigan during um, her high school years. Lisa worked for General Motors for 22 years. She was a UAW member, served as an educational director, chair of the Women's Committee, as well as vice president of the of her local UAW and a board member for 11 years of the UAW. After losing her sight three and a half years ago, Lisa is exploring how she can use her skills to serve in whatever capacity, be it at the state, 
state and the state and nationally. Um, Lisa is also a member of the Multicultural Affairs Committee. So once again, welcome to our panelists and um, looking forward to hearing from you. And now I'm going to turn it over to our facilitators, Michael and Pam. Welcome. Thank Michael. you, Cheryl. Okay. Thank, Thank you, Cheryl. Cheryl. And good evening to everybody. Pam, are, are, you, are you ready? I, I am always, Michael. I will oh, be the timekeeper, and um, I will, I'm going to let Michael ask questions two and three, and I'll ask questions one and how many we got? One and four. Right. Each person. Well, well I think, I think, uh, I think uh, we, 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 we can certainly do that. And, of course, you know, I always come uh, prepared, so I have some supplemental questions just in case we need to uh, <laughs> keep it going. Of course, know. of course. So, but anyway, uh, we wanted to, before Pam asks her the first question, we wanted to, <clears throat> as, as, as Cheryl indicated, we wanted to address or at least look at the significance of Juneteenth. It is now a federal holiday, but we wanted to sort of delve into uh, what it really means, uh, and 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 you'll you'll see by the by the broad range of questions we have, uh, the areas we'd like to cover, and reach toward that significance, and uh, hopefully. Uh, there will be some enlightenment and excitement uh, about the whole aspect of Juneteenth and why we celebrate it. So, Pam, ask away. Okay, first off, good evening, everybody. The first, uh, everybody, each of you have Lisa and Mr. Simeon, I have to call you Mr. Simeon, Jen Sr., and, and Sarah, either of you have three minutes to answer each question, and I will be the timekeeper. But if you run a little over, I'm going to give you a little, teeny, teeny little bit of grace, period. But okay. <laughs> the first question is, what is Juneteenth? Very simple question. And each of you have three minutes to answer that question. And let's see, we'll do the gentlemen first. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought we would do ladies first. No, you can go first. It's my choice. You won't allow me to be a gentleman. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, tonight I'm going to say some things that really uh, just, uh, you know, resonate with me about this uh, whole uh, celebration about Juneteenth and how things happened prior to that even a little bit. I uh, Cheryl didn't read my disclaimer that I really don't know a lot about the history, but I will share what I can. Uh, but I, I believe that uh, it was recognized that it's a, it was the end of the Civil War and uh, the end of slavery. Uh, but it took a while before we would even find uh, it would come to Texas to for them to actually abide by the proclamation and all. So we have a number of things that are uh, uh, in Texas we have to really think about. I also thought about some things about how Juneteenth is, has opened a door to uh, us being observed, acknowledged, and valued. You know, uh, pretty much uh, the slaves were dehumanized. They were not viewed as people of character or 
having any great attributes because it's not that they didn't have those abilities all, uh, but they were not even considered to be valuable enough to even ask them about things that they would like in their own lives. So I could imagine it was pretty tough back there for them. So after all that they have gone through, they had gone through, uh, and we can look back on, uh, sometimes it brings tears to my eyes the way I notice that people are being treated even today. Uh, and you would have thought that the end of slavery would have ended the way that African-Americans may have been dehumanized, but at times we still are experiencing those same things. Same things. And, uh, but the greater part of it is we have such a great culture. We end up uh, focusing on most of the positive things. We've uh, learned a lot about God through the, the trials and tests like the slaves did. They began to sing in the fields when they were working, uh, everything they had to do just to probably cope with what was uh, going on, how they were being treated. They began to sing hymns and positive songs that would help to motivate them and help them to see that there was some, some level of hope available to them. And so uh, even passed on from them and their struggles, we have found, a lot of us have found that God, it's so important to have God in our lives to help us through things that we may face. And we may handle things a little bit differently since we have the opportunity to speak up for ourselves without, uh, you know, uh, readily being killed. But today, hey, that's even happening in some places where uh, you're still not being valued. So you may uh, be shot or whatever, uh, harmed in some way just because it's coming from you, a person as an African-American, or even with the beautiful color of skin that we have and the sh different shades of that skin. Sometimes it's, I guess it's, uh, I don't know if it's uh, insulting, intimidating or what it might be, but how people are looking at things. Okay, but, fine. Yeah. Finish your thought though. Yeah, it's, I just say that I'm hoping that things that were passed down uh, would somewhat change for the better and this would turn into nothing but a celebration. Sarah? Yes, thank you. Okay, um, for me, since I uh, was born and raised in, in Texas uh, all my life, except for the times that uh, I went off to college and, and worked uh, in Chicago for uh, several years, it was always embedded and ingrained in my upbringing uh, about the celebration of Juneteenth. And so a lot of individuals on the call know me by my alias, Columbo. I've always been a child that was inquisitive and would ask why, 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 why. So, uh, and I was raised by elderly parents. So you, they would always sit around and talk about the stories uh, that had occurred with their, um, you know, uh, parents, grandparents, et cetera, that were enslaved. So I grew up in the 60s and I was fortunate enough to grow up in Houston around two great civil rights leader, leaders. Uh, Barbara Jordan uh, literally grew up about four or five blocks from where I lived and her parents, as well as Mickey Leland, who was a U.S. congressman, both of them. And Mickey Leland lived about four houses down the street from where I grew up. So uh, African-American uh, pride and culture was always ingrained, but we always celebrated Juneteenth. And just to uh, clarify, Juneteenth is a combination of June and 19th, and especially slaves when they spoke broken English, instead of saying the proper term June 19th, it became Juneteenth. Uh, 
And that's where that term came from. I wanted to share really what uh, emancipation or freedom day is. Sometimes it was called when I was growing up. It was when General uh, Gordon Granger landed in Galveston uh, two and a half years after President Lincoln signed Emancipation Proclamation. It was on New Year's Day. As a matter of fact, I read in the history books, he was partying very hard, shaking hands and had to go down uh, in a portion of the White House to sign the proclamation with only a few people around him. And his hands were weak because he had shaken so many hands, but he said he felt like this was going to be his legacy when he signed that, even though it was not a crowd. But it took two and a half years to get to Texas simply because Texas had no Union soldier presence. There was not a lot of fighting. Imagine how large of a state that Texas was. So, so many slaves migrated or were refugees to Texas where the slave owners immediately started, uh, you know, using cotton and, and, and uh, utilizing slaves from an economic standpoint and totally just disavowed, just said, I'm not, I'm, I'm succeeded from the union and no, we're not going to free the slaves. So that's one of the reasons there was no protection uh, of the union soldiers to make uh, the Confederacy, uh, you know, actually once the war uh, had begun and, and was lost to abide by it, not until General Lee, about two months prior, uh, lost the defeat, did they sail into Galveston. And that's when he, the uh, General Granger came to tell the Blacks, because he came in to, you know, restore order and that they were freed. And from what I could hear when I was a little girl, they said that, I mean, they all stood in awe. He was like on an uprising and was talking to the slaves and they, Uh, you know, they were stunned. And then it was a big party. I mean, they just, now what do we do? But it was a big party. But, you know, it was also not so much a blessing in disguise because, it, it really turned out not to be an economic venture as, as well as they thought, because what were they going to do? I mean, they had no money. And that's when, you know, a lot of the slave owners created sharecropping, which was somewhat of an inequity. So anyway, but for us, it was always a celebration. So it's a good thing. Alisa? They said it all. I don't have much to say. Um, anyway, yeah, you have to say no, I, I'm <laughs> going to say something. I'm joking, Pam. Calm down, I honey. Um, I'm relaxed. I just read. I just read a book actually because me myself, growing up in New York, we did not celebrate that. It was not talked about in school, and we didn't know about it. You know, when I moved here to Detroit. We didn't really talk about it. It's just lately that has been really uh, coming to fruition. And I think it's a wonderful thing knowing now when I read the book, I shared with Cheryl that I was the book was called On Juneteenth and it was written by Annette Gordon Reed. She wrote it. Uh, it was released last year, 2021. And uh, when she spoke of what Sarah just spoke about, um, you wonder to yourself, you know, why did they celebrate? Because after they found out about it, which was like two and a half uh, years after the emancipation was signed, and it was even after Abraham Lincoln himself had um, been assassinated, you know, that they were still trying to um, 
uh, bring this to fruition. And it was a lot of people in Texas that did not want it to happen. And there was a lot of ugliness that happened. So I didn't understand why they wanted to celebrate it. But as I read the book and it went further on, you know, I, I understood and it is Freedom Day and it is something that should be celebrated because it brought your families together. It meant your families weren't going to be traded away. It meant that um, you, you knew your loved ones, you know, but uh, the way that they turned it around, it was still kind of ugly. And the way they're still trying to turn it around, it's still kind of ugly today. But it's it's a good thing if we can um, if we can continue to celebrate it, because it does mean a lot. And it and our ancestors gave up a lot. So. That's it for me. Very good, very good, very good. So we want to quiz you on the, this, the next question. And uh, so uh, you guys talked about celebration. So this question, uh, so that's a good lead-in. So how is Juneteenth recognized and celebrated in the part of the country where you grew up or even uh, where you currently reside? I'll jump in since I'm Houston and it's right. Galveston is a hop, skip and a jump for me. Um, we have uh, always had Juneteenth celebrations in the Houston area from small pockets of uh, inner city communities uh, all the way up to there are parades and things of that nature. We've got, I would probably say there's at least six or seven events planned uh, from last weekend up until this coming Sunday in the general Houston area. But what I really, really am excited about, and uh, I'd like to see if we, my family can attend it this Saturday, there is a freedom walk that will take place in the city of Galveston where um, General Granger, actually it's a, a museum and a historical site right now where they are going to walk from a portion of uh, the boardwalk where I'm assuming at that time, maybe where the ship landed to where the general stood and read the proclamation, which incidentally, I, I heard it was only 700 words, very, very limited. It wasn't as wordy as, as, as other proclamations, but where he stood and actually uh, read it. So there is a organized freedom walk over the last two weekends that is free. And then they have some parades and things like that in the city of Galveston. They have a large group of individuals who have uh, organized and maintained uh, the legacy of, of keeping the history of emancipation uh, proclamation from the Galveston perspective. That's, um, you know, is, that, that's been continual throughout the years. So that's how it's celebrated here. Big party, lots of food, music, <laughs> celebration, the whole thing. Well, I think um, this is Lisa. I think I'm going to have to uh, jump in and just start my own Juneteenth uh, celebrations here because, again, I have not heard of anything. Um, our governor here, she signed something, some bill um, about it recently. I think it was about a month or so ago that she signed something about Juneteenth, but I have yet to hear it's coming up this weekend and it's also Father's Day. And that's all they've been talking about is Father's Day. They have not been speaking of any celebrations 
You know, it's everything is shadowed with everything that's going on, you know, and I think that th that's the deal that they shadow a lot of it. You know, um, they don't want to celebrate it. And I feel like that's not right. So I think we as African-American people, you know, if it's part of our culture that we need to probably um, get out there and, and do these celebrations because it is a rich culture and we should keep it alive and we should teach it to our children because they're definitely not teaching it in school. Louisiana, uh, there's been a lot of celebrations. Some of those I didn't begin to participate in or uh, even know about until I was in high school. Uh, but there was always something going on and maybe we just didn't understand. I thought about it. Maybe I just missed out on what, was, what the celebration was actually about at certain times. But then every year we would begin to hear about Juneteenth. And uh, I remember one time my uh, local chapter had an event, uh, a barbecue sale at Walmart on Juneteenth. And so a lot of the conversation went on that day. Although it wasn't planned, it turned into uh, somewhat of a celebration while we were uh, having people to come up uh, to purchase their barbecue links and chips and other things that we had. But other than that, from Louisiana to where I am now in Beaumont, Texas, there's always celebrations around this time. But one thing, that's one thing we do in our culture. We, we celebrate. We find things to celebrate about. And during this time, that's one thing that we like, uh, barbecue. Uh, that's one of the going things. We love barbecues. We have rodeos, fishing, picnics, family gatherings. Some families have, actually have their, they've chosen to have their family reunion right at this time every year. You know, and uh, a lot of the things I didn't always hear the history history being spoken of at events I've attended, but they mostly are celebrating our culture uh, with the different types of foods that we love, you know, uh, and uh, some people would, would connect with some of these things. But uh, when we're together, uh, not just on Juneteenth, but uh, the 4th of July, Independence Day, other, uh, Labor Day, any day comes up, uh, like especially during the summertime, we're ready to celebrate and barbecue will be included, but they have crawfish boils. Uh, they have all types of things going on with food. Uh, women bake their favorite uh, cake from scratch and all that. Uh, but a lot, some of these things are have turned to be educational activities where they're acknowledging people who American African Americans who have achieved, you know, in educational uh, arenas. You know, because that was something that we were held back from for a long time. So now, so many of us, it's it's our own races is mostly. Uh, starting these celebrations and making sure that they happen every year in a way to help to educate the general public about why we celebrate this. A number of people don't understand or don't really buy into this type of thing if they don't understand about what, what, where we were at one point in time in our culture, you know. So, but it's good to have these gatherings and celebrate and also celebrate successes at the same time of those that we know. Uh, and it's just a, a good time to remember uh, the positive side of of what has happened from the past. There was a time when it brought anger, when you noticed what, was ha uh, what happened to those people. And I just knew, uh, God knew that, I told my sister one time, we were destined to live in this time and, and day and time because we probably would have been rebellious back then. Mm. It's hard for us, somebody to just control us, you know. She said, oh, we don't know what it would, would have been like if we would have been there because those people were pretty much, uh, some started from when they were young. Uh, trained on how to behave, you know. 
And so, and so let me let me just add a little bit more on on, on where Kenneth was was going, and, and in that celebration, just to add on, we celebrate uh, we celebrated Juneteenth all over Texas. I grew up in Fort Worth in the, in the North Texas region, which also has some historical value uh, in in terms of celebrating the holiday. We also uh, I found out that one of the original copies of that document, that, that that proclamation, can be found in a museum in Dallas. And uh, celebrations. Kenneth is right about the food. The, the main staple that we're going to have in a, in a Juneteenth celebration is going to be barbecue, red soda water, as we call it down here, <laughs> and water and watermelon. And, and I found out that now there is something called a Juneteenth ice cream. So, so I'm trying to get Peggy to, to make it for me. So, so we'll we'll see how it turns out. But anyway. <laughs> Anyway, the the celebration is fraught with with parties, uh, historical uh, information, uh, parades, all kinds of celebrations since 1866. So every year on June 19th, we celebrate to to remember this Freedom or Emancipation Day. Something. So, all right. Um- Oh, just uh, I have one thing to say on that, Michael. My mom grew up in Texas, and she's 82. And I was telling her about this this today, and she said they used to go when she was five or six years old to the cemetery. And while the women cleaned up the graves and did the pull the weeds and all that, the men barbecued a cow. Mm. And um, they celebrated Juneteenth. She grew up in Texas. And uh, she said it was, it was, I think she said she was five or six years old. Well, that's what they used to do. They barbecue us, butcher a cow, barbecue the cow, while the, and the women went to the cemetery and cleaned up the cemetery. Uh, it, it turned into a big family gathering mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. in Fort Worth for my family. My dad would barbecue and invite the whole family over, and, you know, we sat around, and we, like uh, like Sarah's folks, we sat around, and they, and they told us about all the old the old stories. Yeah. I also wanted to add that um, Texas was the first state to um, dec- uh, make uh, it a holiday, a state holiday in 1980. And I did a little research. All, most of the states now have um, um, emancipation Juneteenth as a state holiday with the exception of three states, Hawaii, North Dakota, and South Dakota do not have it as a uh, state holiday. I thought that was rather uh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. Mm. But then I also looked up the number of African Americans and that made it. <laughs> that could be why. <laughs> well, that did kind of sort of, yeah. If you you know, about I wanted to know of- why. <laughs> <laughs> if you think so about those, two, many- those three states, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, true. how many African Americans are you know? To, but yeah, it, it was a very less than less than two percent, one percent, you know, something like that of the population. So mm-hmm. I guess that's could be why. But yeah, and the actual federal law, um, the um, 
bill was introduced by our very own U.S. Congressman Sheila Jackson Lee from Houston that uh, President Biden signed last year. Hey, Michael, next question. Okay, all right. all right. So, hey, wait, wait, one question, real quick, before you guys move on about the celebration. In the book, it said they did the with the barbecue. They said goat was one of the main dishes. It is does that not happen anymore? In some cases, uh, 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 my uh, my first wife's family uh, down in in uh, Mejia, Texas, that area. And they had a big family plot down there, and every year we'd we'd go down there sometimes, and they would dig this big hole in the ground, and they put that goat in there and cook it all night, all night long. Wow! And it was so tender. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) okay. I'm sorry. Flashback, right? (laughs) That brings back memories. So we we've talked about the recognition, the celebration. We've we've got an idea of what it is, and so and 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 we've all mentioned the the signing of the bill and becoming a federal holiday, recognition in most states. So how do you believe, this is a historical event, all right? We've gone all the way back to the 1860s. But how do you believe Juneteenth will be um, recognized and celebrated in the future in the U.S.? I'll jump in real quick. I want to I want to say that I I think by um the knowledge, you know, like I said when I started out, I didn't know much about it and I think passing the knowledge down and and keeping the story alive and letting your children know and your children's children know, you know, just keep just keep talking about it. You know, I think that way and um that will keep it prevalent because I think if you don't talk about it, it'll just, it'll go away. You know, a lot of times I know in my household, you know, a lot of my family were from the South, but they didn't want to be from the South. My grandmother moved from Mississippi. She lived in Columbus, Mississippi, and she told everybody, I mean, she was from Columbus, Mississippi, and she told everybody she was from Columbus, Ohio, because she never wanted to, you know, be, uh, from the South. I don't know what happened. You know, they don't talk about it much. They didn't talk about it much. But I think that that's why we didn't know, because it was a lot of things that they just chose not to. They chose to sweep under the carpet. And I think that you need to, the history is what needs to be spoken of. And if you want it to live on, you have to teach it. You have to talk about it. I think it's going to be up to us to, like uh, Lisa said, to keep spreading the word. Uh, the way things look now, it's, uh, it appears to be very bleak uh, as to whether all Americans would buy into this and join in on the celebration. And, and that has to do with a lack of education. So 
that's going to be important that we be a part of what is going to go forth as far as education, uh, you know, just mainly focusing, learning more and learning as much about it as we can to keep a discussion going. But where we are today in our nation, it's uh, questionable. You know, we can have hope. I have hope that certain things will continue and all the festivals and parades and all would be joined in by those people who did not ever want to even uh, look at this as a way or a day to celebrate. Uh, and if we could all begin to consider that, uh, people would begin to say, okay, it's not about me, about my culture, but hey, I want to join in and help you all celebrate and I'll learn in the process. Well, that's something I can hope for, but it appears to be very bleak today that that is something that's going to flow uh, easily. We'll have to have, we have to be intentional and helping to get the word out about why this, why this means much to us, why it's important to us, uh, and, and speak about the positive sides of what has come from the struggle, you know. I, I, I totally agree with um, both Lisa and Kenneth. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I think uh, going forward in the future, I, I think it's going to fall on the shoulders of the younger generation. Uh, I think that it is a great opportunity for some filmmakers like a, a Spike Lee and company to put out uh, historical information showing the role of the African-American, even while enslaved, the things that we were able to achieve and accomplish. And then obviously having to wait almost two and a half years in a state where many of the Blacks fled to Texas from the Deep South once um, they were freed and thought they had a safe haven, but yet still were taken advantage of, but yet we still thrived. And to be aware of why it is so important, just as we celebrate the 4th of July uh, in, in our independence from England, it is is just as profound. We didn't get on a Mayflower boat on the West Coast of Africa and say, let's go find a better place. But yet we still survived and thrived in so many contributions today. We would not be able to do if it were not for African-Americans. So our story, not only about the importance of the of the freedom, but what we contributed to, which makes us just as equal. And the reason I've always felt, even when I went to school in California, why a lot of Blacks did not want to be associated with the, uh, with the South is it was always the stigma, you are less than, you are inferior, you're mm -hmm. not even a part of the human mm -hmm. race. God mm -hmm. himself mm -hmm. said, you were less than man. So all of these things were ingrained in an individual. And so their self-esteem was in a negative zone. So why would you proudly go and you, you know, you had to read about the Frederick Douglasses and the Booker T. Washingtons and all those individuals. And then if you did thrive, you see what would happen in a city of Tulsa where you said, okay, I will be segregated, but I will thrive. And you come over to my side and burn it down. So those were some of the reasons we need to tell those stories and keep mm -hmm. them in the forefront and use the media. Just like we use social media to demonize in, in all these memes, we need to tell our story. And people would go, I can't believe that. 
It totally amazes me today when I think about, I went to school with Dr. Charles Drew's granddaughter and Dr. Charles Drew Drew was an African-American surgeon Mm -hmm. who perfected in uh, uh, blood transfusion mm-hmm. and plasma. Yes, he did. Guess what? He was in a massive car accident in the Carolinas and was taken to a no, hospital yeah. and yeah. could have yes. been no. saved, but was refused a blood transfusion. Blood transfusion. Yep. yep. This man who saves how many of those lives that were lost in wars that you refused to let the blacks fight, but yet we did fight, and yet we were the ones to protect those soldiers and never lost a soldier. Those are the kind of stories that need to be told. That's why we want to be. I'm sorry. Time's up, but Sarah, thank you. I'm sitting here celebrating what you're talking about all by myself, because one of the things that I always say to people before I ask my last question is African-Americans, black people were not invited. We were not invited to the shores of this country. We were dumped in ships and put on pallets and stacked on top of each other and dragged to a country that we knew nothing about, the language, the climate, and nothing. But yet we thrived as a culture and as a group of people. We have, we have thrived and became the, the people we are today. And I, 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 I applaud what you're saying. I totally agree with you. I read about Charles Drew, and I, it's like sad that this man who invented the ability to do a transplant blood transfusion could not get a blood transfusion to save his life. So I'm sorry I interrupted, but time was up. <laughs> but I was celebrating. It's all right. Yes, you had a big one over here, me and the puppy, because I was like, she's right. She is so right. We have to figure out a way. If Juneteenth to me, unfortunately, if we cannot get it out in social, I, my my grandchildren, I have two grandchildren who live in Houston, and they told me they were going to some of the celebrations. But um, if we can't get the story out, if we can't get our our story out as a group of people, what's going to happen to us as a group of people? That's not the question, but that's just my question. But the question is, what do we want all Americans to understand about? Juneteenth and how what the, uh, to understand the importance of Juneteenth to us as a people and to the United States because it is very important to the United States even though people will not want to believe it but that's the question what is what do we want all Americans to understand the importance of Juneteenth to America that is the question Following slavery, I just really believe uh, I would want every American just to acknowledge the truth that every man is equal. Uh, There should not be any dehumanizing any longer. Uh, How can anybody prove that they are better? We breathe the same air. Uh, We bleed the same color of blood uh, and so many other things. But I I think I, I would want them to know also out of all that went on before, think about the commonalities that were never acknowledged, you know, from culture to culture. Um, some people just wanted to feel superior uh, above some someone, uh, another race. And I think it's, I would want them to know that it's time to acknowledge uh, those things that our strengths, our abilities, uh, and that we can achieve whatever we want to achieve as well as anybody else, you know. 
And uh, we'll, that's, that'll bring us, that if that would ever happen, then that would all help us all to want to continue to celebrate, not just Juneteenth, but beyond that, we can do more, uh, more celebration uh, together for uh, even some of the uh, smaller successes even. Uh, we would identify there's so much more that we can do together than being apart. I think that um, in this world today of canceled culture, that the world needs to know that we as African-Americans will not no longer be canceled, that our voices will be heard, and that we are not three-fifths of a person which they put in the uh, Declaration of Independence, that we are whole people and that we have a lot to give to society. We have given a lot to society that they choose not to give us credit for. And I just think that we just need to keep our voices raised and, and not be roguish about it. I'm not saying be roguish, but, but demand what's rightfully ours. I'm done. Sarah, you got a response? Get unmuted. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Did you say something? Do you have a response to that question? Oh, what was I? I I was listening to Lisa with their I'm question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> their question. The question was, what is the what do you feel? What do you want all Americans to understand about the importance of Juneteenth to America? That oh, was, uh, I, I got yeah. it. Kenneth and yeah. Lisa already answered. We just oh, okay. need to answer. That's I, all. I want Americans to understand why it is important to celebrate the same way with equal celebration as we celebrate the 4th of July, the same way we are celebrating uh, Freedom Day for African-Americans, especially under the circumstances where we didn't run from an oppressive situation like uh, the Mayflower uh, participants all loaded on the boat and came over. It was a different situation, but yet, we still thrive and we still make the contributions and it should be celebrated because we are in a land that, uh, according to the Constitution, we all were created equal. And um, we just need to have some uh, leaders that are willing to, to step up and say, hey, we're, we're going to do some celebrations and, you know, it may start small, but uh, just as Kenneth and Lisa and I've shared, it's about education. People don't want to know uh, what you know until they need to know how much you care. Why is it important? Because this is what they contributed to and not just saying that it's a bunch of Blacks running around saying that, you know, we, you know, we want to have another party. No, it's not about that. Not not about that at all. So, and I think we need to continue to share that message within our own family and our generations as well to be proud of that. Before we open it up 
for for our audience response. Let me make a couple of comments too. Thank you. First of all, thank you, panelists, for answering those questions that we we put together. And like like I said, I always come prepared. Being <laughs> being a preacher, being a preacher, you got to you you put a little bit more into what you got just to have a little extra. But but I wanted to make a couple of comments too, based on some 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 things I read. Well, for, let let me go back to New York. Uh, in in New York in 1827, uh, you, you know there was uh, an emancipation document written and and decreed on July 4th, 1827. But because uh, the, the black folks in New York did not wanted to have a, a separate recognition, they recognized it on. July fifth, eighteen twenty seven. That's probably one of those little known, little known facts. Uh-huh. But but one of the things that y'all y'all have all kind of touched on was telling the story, making sure that we tell the story and continue to tell the story. Especially, and this this is not an original comment, but especially in a country, we're telling the story about the struggle in a nation that is geared toward forgetting. And 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 uh, I think one of you was saying, oh, it was, I guess it was Lisa was saying how your 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 grand, grandparents were from Mississippi and they didn't want to tell the story. And those are the kinds of things that we cannot let our nation and especially our children forget. Uh, we're going to celebrate my family this weekend, and I didn't even initiate this. Some, one of my one of my kids jumped before me and said, "You know, we're going to have all our our favorite dishes. Everybody's going to be satisfied. We're going to get full and." And as I always say, our lips are going to be greasy. And uh, but but she told them uh, come with some information about Juneteenth. So we're in in our in our in our celebration. You know, I always talk to them about whatever event or occasion that we're doing. But but we're going to talk to the the little people about Juneteenth. We we we're going to make sure that we keep the tradition going in our family. So, um, Pam, are we ready to open up for for questions, comments? From, yes, we from yes audience? we are. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. Why don't you tell tell our folks how to how to participate? I sure will. Um, Great presentation, guys. Um, so if you would like to, if you're on a PC, to raise your hand, it's Alt-Y. To mute and, un- mute and unmute, it's Alt-A. And those are toggles. Uh, don't worry about lowering your hand. I will take care of that. If you are on the Mac, to raise your hand, it's Option-Y. To mute and unmute, it's Command-Shift-A. If you are on a smart device, to raise your hand, you go down to the lower right corner, double tap the more button, swipe across and hit double tap the raise hand button. To mute and unmute, 
you double tap the button in the lower left of your screen. If you are muted, it will say unmute. And finally, if you're on a telephone, to raise your hand, it's star nine, and to mute and unmute is star six. And uh, let me. And one and, one more thing. Each each. If you have any questions or any statements, you we have. Um, I'm going to give everybody probably a minute to two minutes to ask the question and or to make their comment. Yep, and we have. We are at seven at forty eight after the hour, so we've got plenty of time. Forty two yeah, minutes, yeah, yeah. and I just right want to now, make sure everybody gets in yeah. who wants to say something or ask right. a question. Okay, and at present we have no hands. None. Oh, really? So we may need uh, some of Michael's um, prepared um, stuff here. <laughs> no hands at this point, guys. Nope, oh, we got a hand. Ah, we got a hand. Just when I was getting ready to give up there. Uh, Pam Shaw, you can unmute. Okay. Okay, thank you. I actually was anticipating so many people would be ahead of me. I was going to give them a chance. So that's why I didn't push immediately. First of all, thank you to all of you. What a wonderful occasion this is. And you have done, I think, just a marvelous job of speaking to the heart of Juneteenth. And this must be Texas night. I don't know. But my dad was from Texas. And we celebrated Juneteenth up in Philadelphia. The color for the day was always red because my father always felt that we should connect who and what we are to our ancestry in Africa. And so when that first started, the the, um, Africans who would have been there, that was um, part of the color of their tribe. I do have a question, though, for the panel. If that's okay, Michael? Go ahead. Okay. Why a holiday? Because some of the pushback I'm getting is, I don't have a problem with Juneteenth. I don't have a problem with the sense of it. But why should it be a holiday? And I'd like your thoughts on that. Thank you. Good question. Good question. The panelists want to take a a stab at it? Well, I say we deserve it. We deserve that opportunity to be on the calendar like so many other events uh, and even people are on the calendar uh, to be acknowledged that that makes others aware. Uh, and so it's important for these things to happen uh, and for us to continue to bring it up. And hey, even if we have to start our own parade, we need to do something to make sure that people know that uh, as many of other uh, activities going on uh, that's on the calendar. They have parades, festivals, all types of things. Why not? Why not celebrate? I concur. And from my perspective, I feel like uh, promises were made 40 acres in a mule that nobody ever saw. That our country, as far as a lot of our ancestors helped build this country for free, and that it is just a way of saying, I appreciate you. And if nothing else, I celebrate you just for this day and the sacrifices that you, your ancestors made. So if it is a time to just reflect back, I can't make those retributions. I can't, you know, uh, unring the bell, but I certainly can say, I value and appreciate your contributions. And in this country, what other way do we do that without a holiday? 
I agree. I definitely agree. Um, why not? There have been so many sacrifices that African-Americans have made. And every time we try to get a little piece of the pie, they want, why do they want it? Why do they want, you know what? That needs to stop. You know, we need to be able to, uh, like you say, honor our forefathers for what they sacrificed, for what they gave up you know, so that we could have this country, so we can live the way that we live. So mm -hmm. why not? We do need to have it. And that's what we do in Fourth of July. We're honoring all the revolutionaries. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. And guess what? Mm -hmm. The first person to die in the American Revolution was Crispus Attucks. Yes, he was African-American. Yes, he was. I remember so that. Now, they it, taught it, you that in school. Yeah, they, they let us know that. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know how he got there and what happened after that. But yes. that was it. However, so the premise of that holiday is to celebrate mm -hmm. those forefathers and their contributions. Exactly. So are you saying we as African-Americans with, you know, when cotton and Africans were put together, that was the reason why it didn't get to Texas or Texas refused to obey it is mm -hmm. because it was economics. Mm -hmm. economics. It was yep. economics. Yep. Who, sure who was. That's to, what that book who said. Who are going yep. to cultivate those <laughs> exactly. crops if we have no slack? And if we can't pay them, that means all that money. Okay. So that's when this term sharecropping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you do the land, but I'm only giving you just enough to mm -hmm. feed your family. The rest, you got to pay me. So, again, why Thank not you. celebrate that? Yes. Thank you. And real, real, real quick here, um, I have to speak at a Juneteenth celebration on Sunday afternoon, and I thank you guys for giving me plenty of content. So have a good evening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, you guys have, you got, you've got hands now, guys. All okay. right. Before, before we recognize the next person, let me just jump in there for a second so it, it and i that's a good question uh pam and and my my reaction is just like everybody else why not uh -huh. why because not this represents a symbolic victory because of the struggle and the struggle we we are still in but it's a symbolic victory because because this country supposedly is built on independence and freedom and so why should why shouldn't we celebrate the victory of the end of slavery and the pursuit of happiness, life, liberty, and, and you know, and all, that all those things that were, <laughs> were, were in the preamble of the, of the Constitution? Well, now thank Why? you for the title of my remarks. <laughs> Keep talking, y'all. <laughs> she won't have to do no research now. We, she got it all from the You got it. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay uh, Laureen, um, you can unmute and ask your question. Thank you. I'm Laureen Thevenny, Santa Rosa, California. And I guess the first time I heard about Juneteenth, I was a teenager. I went to an integrated high school. Only thing they taught us is that it was a celebration to end slavery. So that didn't really help much. Um, now I'm an educator and, you know, work in school. And um, I have like a degree in humanities and bilingual education. But um, we want to, you know, include, be more inclusive, diversified in school. So how could we... Um, how do you say, 
make uh, this a part of our curriculum, you know, like any ideas, like speakers or, you know, not just like a day to celebrate, but have it included in like everyday teaching. Good question for Sarah and, and everybody, actually. How do they make well, it part of the curriculum? Yeah, from my perspective, I love finding out about who created what, especially to make America run. You would be amazed how many minorities had impacts that you never hear that story. And when kids would find out that we would not be able to drive in our cities if it were not for a black man who created the traffic light. Mm -hmm. And they sit there and they go, really? Really? Mm -hmm. Really? You know, so it's just starting with little basic, simple things and talk about where that person came from. And they might be just be amazed that they didn't grow up in a beautiful mansion in 90210 Beverly Hills. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't get me going. <laughs> you know, that was, oh, that was a good line. Best line tonight. That was a good line. Because <laughs> you know, right. I live in California. I understand it. And yeah, L.A. County in the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. I get you. Exactly. Because they all think of that. But no. They could have been right there from South Central, Slauson, Figueroa, et cetera. And yes, exactly. they did create that. Mm -hmm. And how did they do that when they weren't supposed to be educated? Mm -hmm. How could Booker T. Washington, other than peanut butter, find out 900 inventions? inventions? My man, my man. So, but it just yeah. starts from a little simple thing. And kids are curious. And then they go, mm -hmm. but did you know? He was mm -hmm. born a slave. Did you know he went on to be a president? Did you? Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm and we need to have others. It doesn't have to be complicated. It just needs to start. Amen. People yes. like W.E.B. Du Bois. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I was talking to my daughter-in-law the other day. She recently mm -hmm. got LASIK surgery. And I said, did you know a black woman was the one who, cre who patented LASIK eye surgery? Now, I had went, that before I went blind, and I didn't know that. And she did not know that. Wow. Not too many people do, though. Um, I have to say this. My, my, you know, I, I grew up in Los Angeles, but my uncle, my uncle, my uncle Nathaniel laid the concrete for Martin Luther King Boulevard. Wow. He laid the concrete for a lot of the buildings, Parker Center, a lot of the buildings mm -hmm. downtown. Mm -hmm. Um. And he, people don't know that his name is inscribed in those, in, in those cornerstones of all those oh, buildings absolutely. that he laid the concrete for. Absolutely. So, you know, they, yeah. they all thought that black people should stay in South Central and don't yeah. come beyond mm -hmm. that. But, you know, we, we did what we had to do to survive. Right. And we did exactly. what we did to make sure that our ancestors, our future, could survive. Right. I and mean, I grew up in a state where people yeah. forget that black people... You know, black people built that capital, that White House that that he lived, that Biden lives in, that that capital exactly. that they almost destroyed. Black people built those buildings. I know. You I know, know. It's, <laughs> it's so, you know, don't, so, don't get so, me started. Next I, person. I think, I, I think the answer, uh, yeah. to the, to Lorraine, I, I think you can you can develop a curriculum. Mm -hmm. You yep. can mm -hmm. go back and and look at personalities, all of these people who uh, look at the history of Frederick Douglass. Oh, he was uh, awesome. Oh. 
great orator. Uh, yes. Look at all of the things that he did. Booker T. Washington, uh, George Washington Carver, W.E.B. Du, uh, du Bois. Uh, all, all of those people had uh, made wonderful contributions to to the country uh, in, a, in a variety of, of vocations and avocations. So, so there's a rich heritage that 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 African Americans have made to to this country, and it, you develop a, a a curriculum based on just studying those personalities, and uh, that would be a whole semester. <laughs> yeah, and the book on Juneteenth, it's actually called On Juneteenth. And as I said, it's by Annette Gordon-Reed, and it's only about five hours long, and it's a very good read. So, and it it really lets you know about it. So. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, All right. Stephanie Watts, you can unmute. Uh Uh-oh. Good evening, everyone. And uh, thank hey, you so Stephanie. much. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie. Hi there, everybody. Te- I heard you, te- Pam. Te- te- <laughs> tell, you, tell your husband hello. He's, he's an old beatball friend of mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will do that. I, will, I definitely would do that. Um, I just want to say thank you again to all of you. Um, you've given me food for thought because growing up in California, and I have family history from Mississippi. I was born there and I'm not ashamed to admit it. It's, it is what it is. And my parents came to California um, after the birth of myself and my um, older brother. And so we were literally babies and grew up here. So if we had wanted to skip our Mississippi history, um, it wouldn't have been acceptable in our household because both of them were born there. Parents were born there and they made sure to instill in us that no matter where you're born or who you are, families first. So, you know, they instilled in us those values. And so we never um, took it as a negative per se, although there's, you know, lots to um, make you feel negative about it. We, we just learn people are people. And so, I've come around to say all of that to say that what I've taken from your discussion this evening is my role in my family as um, an older person in the family and lots of younger people coming along and new births happening. Um, My role um, regarding Juneteenth and other things is to tell the history, tell the story. So maybe work on my storytelling skills and get these individuals, youngers engaged and wanting to, well, first of all, learning our history and wanting to know more. And I mean, I grew up out here in California, um, down in Long Beach, just a minute from South Central LA and all of that. And uh, Juneteenth wasn't celebrated here. And and maybe it is now. I'm currently in Sacramento. um, And uh, I think if you want to celebrate it, you could probably find some place, but it isn't in your face. It isn't out there as a, oh, you got to come do this, but I'm sure there's pockets of our city that um, would, would, would be celebrating. And those of us who live here know where to go to, to get that. But again, I take from your presentation tonight that my role, and I'm hoping the role of others in their families is to serve as the historian and to bring this story to bear so that we can continue to be 
proud um, Black Americans of African descent or African Americans, whichever term you prefer, uh, capital B, little a, whichever. Um, just be, um, you know, proud to share the history. And for our friends who are uh, other people of color or our, our white allies, I mean, you know, celebrate with us because um, it is worth celebrating. So thank you so much for what you have shared tonight. And, um, you know, again, um, thank you. I appreciate your time. That's it. Well said. Well said. Okay. Stephanie, this is Sarah. There is a Juneteenth festival in L.A. I heard it on the Steve uh -huh. Harvey show. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I'm in Sacramento, Sarah. So I'm, I'm he lives way up in Sacramento. I, I'm going to have to get the Learjet out and uh, get on. Oh, you're in Sacramento. <laughs> yes, oh, I, I just I heard am. you were right. Okay, I was thinking I was, you were I still was, in L.A. Grew up in Southern California, but actually, actually, uh, I'm joking in saying that I'm going to be down that way this weekend celebrating you know several family events, and um, you know this will be a good breakfast topic on Sunday morning as we talk mm -hmm. about Father's Day and. You know, fathers are just sitting around the table at breakfast waiting for gifts. We're just like, well, before you get your gift, tell me about Juneteenth. <laughs> <laughs> I got this expensive gift for you, Dad, or brother. In my case, my brother. But, but I mean, what, what, are you, what are you going to tell me about Juneteenth? Or you don't get this gift, I'm going to, you know, pass it on. If you can't tell me, maybe nephew can. So <laughs> a little competition for the cool. men in the family. <laughs> so thank you. So thank you for sharing that, sharing that, Sarah. I appreciate that. All right. Okay. Next, uh, Baba Costa, you can unmute. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you hey, that Bob. I am glued to whatever it is, the Zoom mic here. I'm so impressed with this outstanding, outstanding presentation. And all I can say is, in, in a couple words, in 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King gave his great, I have a dream speech. And he said, society, this country, oh, hasn't paid off. I'm going to misquote this, but hasn't paid off on the check they owe America. This is our world, yours and mine. And uh, this is our country. And I'm not going to lose it. And I want blind man, black man, organizations of the blind, ACB as usual, leads the way with dignity and other groups of African-Americans to, to, to and, and other minorities to work with us. The power is in big groups. And the last thing I want to say is uh, the battle continues. I mean, Ken Simeon, Kenneth, we talked about a defense fund, and I don't know if he remembers, Texas, Texas, we talk about what Texas has done. It's terrible taking votes away. The governor is terrible. I'm sorry you have that governor. And uh, the NFB of Texas, the oh, ACB of Texas, get the right organization, leads the way. And if you ever form a defense fund, I'm not rich, but some of my bucks are going to you to fight this, taking your vote away. Oh, boy. You know, in 2055, white America will be a minority. And that's what they're afraid of. And I'm sorry to say that. I wish we could all join hands, as Dr. King said, and judge people by their character and not by the color of their skin. Long live the American Council of the Blind and MCAC. May it live forever. Thank you for this great, great event. Amen, Bob. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob.
Okay. All right. Next, uh, uh, Peggy, you can unmute. Good evening, everyone. This, this, can you hear me? Yes, we got you. Uh Okay, good, good, good. good. This, this has been uh, very informative and I am so glad that MCAC decided to hold this session. I, I can say personally, I grew up in Virginia and I never heard of Juneteenth. I didn't hear of Juneteenth until the late 90s or early 2000s. And it was it was just, oh, yeah, Juneteenth. Oh, that's a Texas thing. Well, little did I know I'd one day be in Texas celebrating it, but I had absolutely no idea. Uh, it, it was not being celebrated in Georgia at that time. I understand now it is. But, you know, I, as I look around at how things are going, and in a lot of ways, it seems to be regressing instead of progressing. And I agree with what you all have said, and I hope that all of us would take this to heart. And that is to make sure that we do share this information, that we do pass it on to our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors, children and grandchildren, just everybody. Because right now, a lot of information is being taken out of the school system. History is being, part of it is being eliminated. And I think one of the best things that has happened in a very long time is the fact that Juneteenth is a federal holiday. And because people, some people would just take it as a holiday because they get a day off and probably won't celebrate it. But at some point, children of all colors are going to ask, what is Juneteenth and why do we celebrate it? And I think that's going to be a teaching moment, even for those who don't want to tell their children the whole truth about why we celebrate Juneteenth. They're going to have to tell them something. And so I say to you all, thank you again. And, and let's just make sure that we are the examples, that we do keep this information going, that we do share it, and that we do continue to make our history and our past known. Um, and I was looking online a couple of days ago, and I saw this little trivia thing about Juneteenth. So, And I don't remember what the website was, but if you Google Juneteenth trivia, you'll get a lot of information. So thank you again, and thank you for allowing me to speak. You're welcome. Right. Ah, one of our BOP members is next. Cache, uh, you can unmute. Good evening, everyone. And thank you all again for um, just sharing of this uh, well-needed conversation. I will say um, a few points to ponder. <laughs> um, when I think of the similarities of government and persons not wanting to honor uh, Juneteenth and what it stands for and <clears throat> the importance of the MS, how the emancipation uh, freed slavery. Um, my question is, how do we move forward, moving from place and points of celebration of festivities to the consciousness of advocating for the continued pursuit of living in those freedoms that are governed by this very event um, in this country as free Americans and finding new ways to um, continually put the message forth of how we can organize and participate as community and come together and how we can um, teach and the importance of teaching our culture and ancestry and history. And um, we know that, you know, anything that's celebrated is just the acknowledgement of it. But 
as we are celebrating um, with festivities of Juneteenth, I would challenge each of us to uh, make sure that we're commemorating what it actually stands for and that we are allowing ourselves to be a part of the process to make sure that things are being recalled and remembered to show respect and continue to have those dialogues that we share our stories. We share the struggles. We share the successes of those people of African-American descent, you know, to make sure that we learn um, and we're teaching our children and our grandchildren about those founding um, fundamentals of how we survived and what we endured and uh, making sure that the, the, for the future of Juneteenth that we don't allow ourselves to be a part of because um, based on what we see, they're trying to remove history from the schools and we don't want to be a part of limiting that knowledge for our future. It's up to us to make sure that we keep history allow, uh, alive and that we continue to make sure that it's passed down um, the Associated Press just in May published an article about a Rochester um, New York teacher, white teacher who decided he was going to teach slavery by allowing black students to pick seeds out of cotton balls and he handcuffed them and wanted them to call him master. We have got to make sure that we stand up and we make sure our voices are heard and we're teaching our children um, what that really looked like, what Uh, that we don't allow the story to be half told. And so again, I leave you with, uh, let us acknowledge what happened. Let's be accountable for making sure that we tell our stories and that we take action to be a part of it and making sure that equality is afforded for every person. We don't want to continue to settle to be um, the silent of our community, of our culture. No longer is it fair or Value that we- uh, uh, okay, Cache, we've got a couple more hands, so just <laughs> bring it to a close there. <laughs> I challenge you to let's continue to share our stories. Thank you. Yeah, okay. All right. Thank you. Um, and um, if I may just say, those of us that are white allies also need to be a part of that as well. Anybody want to make any comment about that? Okay. Uh, the, fact we'll that our- you're, the fact that you're here and that you're willing to sacrifice your time for this is a great thing. And I don't know you that well, Ray, but I think you are a fantastic ally. So well, just continue doing what you're doing. Well, thank you. And I, I and I, I don't want to say too much. I have I have a hosting role here, but um, I, I I think it's important. I'll just say this: I think it's important for the leadership to support the work of committees like MCAC and what we're doing. So, okay. Well, next, I, w- I will say I will say before you recognize the next hand, I will say that. Uh, in all of my years associating with with MCAC, uh, Ray has been one of our <laughs> most consistent attendees at all of our sessions over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, that's true. Uh, he's he's one of the the reasons that uh, we ask uh, Ray uh, after uh, I guess uh, who was our previous. Please, uh, Mitch. After Mitch uh, mm-hmm. stepped down, we asked Ray to be uh, our uh, 
our liaison. So, because yeah. he's been he's been there. <laughs> so, thank you, Ray. Thank you. It's indeed an honor. And I don't come because I like fried chicken. I come for the content. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to back to my hosting. Back, back to my role yeah. here. Um, before I do that, um, I'll give you a time check. It's sixteen past the hour. And yeah. we've got one, two, three, looks like about five, about five hands. So each person gets a couple of minutes and that's it. Okay. Let's go to <laughs> Regina Marie. Try to get, every, get everybody in. Yeah. Regina Marie, you can unmute. Good evening and thank you for this wonderful presentation. I just wanted to say that for people in Sacramento and the surrounding areas, we have, we do have Juneteenth celebrations, one in the south of Sacramento at the Sam Fennell Community Center and one over in the north at Robertson's Community Center. And they've been going on since my kids were small. My friend was from Louisiana and she asked me and my children to come to the Juneteenth celebration with her. And my first question was, what is Juneteenth? And she broke it down to me then. And so um, we do celebrate it in California, as Stephanie said, in small pockets. And I'm hoping that can uh, that can increase. And I just wanted to say that I believe it's truly American to celebrate freedom. And that's what Juneteenth is to me, a celebration of freedom, because if one person is not free, none of us are free. That's it. <laughs> wow. Thank you. OK. All right. Next, um, I know this lady pretty well, Karen Campbell. You can unmute and ask your question. <laughs> OK, thank you very much. And thank you for a great program. Um, I want as as a white ally, I think I've learned a lot here. How but we we also I think have a role in making sure that this continues to get taught, that these things get, continue to get taught in the schools and that things don't get sanitized because there are some parts of history that are ugly, and some of this, some of this stuff, what happened to the African American community, a lot of it's ugly, but it still needs to be told so that it's not repeated. But again, I thank you. I've learned a lot, and I would just want to find ways that we can highlight the contributions of the African American community. There's a couple things I didn't know about, so thank you. Thank you, Karen. Okay. Okay, my next one, it's area code 760 ending in 879. You can unmute with star six and ask your question. Hi, everyone. My name is Linda. And I wanted to share a story with you that just um, just stays in my memory and in my heart forever. Um, when I lived in San Diego, I used to be a part of a committee called the Council on Minority Aging. And every year we would have an event called the Juneteenth 
celebration. And what it was, was that um, we would have it in Balboa Park at the War Memorial Building, which is quite a large building. And we would have resources for seniors and people with disabilities to come in and check out all the resources. Then they would be ushered into a wonderful lunch that was catered, and um, all cultures were involved. We had people, um, Pacific Islanders, Native Americans, African Americans, Latinos, um, just, you know, everyone was invited. And after we would have lunch and we would have like fry bread and fried chicken and macaroni and cheese and um, those little uh, spam things that they make in Hawaii. I can't remember the name, but just all kinds of food. And then after that, there was dancing and it was such a joyous occasion. And if we can bring those things out where we can celebrate in little groups like that, um, I, I think that it would really go a long way in making pe people feel really at home and, and comfortable. And I think even in our neighborhoods, you know, and um, as a white ally, I just want to say that we need to do everything we can to support um, all of all of the cultures that we um, oh, I'm, I don't know I just lost my train of thought but we need to support everyone we're all um, like like Kenneth said we all breathe the same air and so that's what I wanted to share thank okay. you thank you've got you guys have two hands left, and you're at 22 past the hour, so about eight minutes to go. So um, um, you, it's your call, but I'd suggest let's take these two hands, then you can have a chance to close. So, um, okay. Nora, you can unmute. Okay. Hi, good evening, everyone. And I support all the Blacks and and African American, whatever what you call them, I, I'm white ally because I'm thinking the same thing. We need to start teaching all of the students in all the schools, and whatever from K to twelve and college, and even seniors, all about the story of the meaning, the true meaning about the June tenth, yeah, Juneteenth, I meant. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I'd like to hear a whole lot more, not only smaller groups, but big groups, groups that will get bigger and bigger and bigger in every state to learn more about uh, the meaning about the Juneteenth and the freedom from slavery many, many years ago. I learned about slavery and about when the slaves were liberated, it means they were freed from being slaves, and, and I'm glad to hear that they call it Juneteenth, and, and I support that 100%, and I thank you very much, and we'll just keep on going. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Nora. Thanks, Nora. Okay. 
And your last uh, hand is Mary, Mary's iPhone. You can unmute. Okay. Thank you. Um, and thank you, everybody. This is uh, Mary Heroyan. Um, and I wanted to just thank everybody on the panel today because I learned a lot. Um, I mean, I've just only been recently reading about Juneteenth, but I've enjoyed hearing from people personally talking about their, you know, celebrations of Juneteenth, what it means to you, and as well as just how it wasn't celebrated because you, you know, Lisa, you never really knew about Juneteenth. So it's just been really interesting to hear the wide range of experiences and, and celebrations of, of Juneteenth. And I always harken back to education for children because un until, you know, education is more standardized and the real U.S. history is, is taught um, from K through 12 and beyond, um, we're always going to have people wanting to rewrite history and sanitizing it and just really eliminating huge portions of it. And um, we're never going to be able to learn about ourselves and our true history as long as that exists. And we give people the opportunity to continue to distort. Um, so, um, but anyway, thank you very much for, for sharing your, your knowledge and experience. Thank you. All right. And that's, that's all the hands you have, guys. So before we let Cheryl come and close us out, let me make a quick announcement. Um, uh, we'll have a content. I want to invite you to come to our afternoon session at the convention or tune in. I believe it's going to be broadcast. We'll be talking about critical race theory, and we'll delve a little further into some of these uh, topics that have been. Uh, reached out here today, and our our I think we have a, a strong panel there. I uh, get Pam to be the timekeeper. Pam, <laughs> Pam Shaw, uh, Gabriel Lopez Cafati, and Steve Mendelson will be our panelists. So, uh, forward to that discussion. We'll, we'll have some terms and things we'll delve into, and I think it will be a very enlightening session. I just want to say one thing. Um, uh, being born and raised in California, it was interesting because we were brought up in South. I was raised in L.A., which is Lamert Park, and that's one of that is the area where the Juneteenth celebration is going to be at most of all in that area of South Los Angeles. But what I wanted to say is Sarah and Lisa and Thank you, Mr. and Mr. Simeon. I always call him Mr. Simeon. I don't know why. But thank you, because you educated not only the people on the call, but people who are listening. And you educated me. I, I learned a lot from Sarah, especially Sarah. Oh, my God, I have to call Sarah. <laughs> but I learned a lot. And, and, and I took African-American studies in college. I loved it. And, and But... But you learn a lot from just listening to other people, Michael and, and everybody, just listening to other people. So, yeah, thank you, guys. All right. Well, like Michael and Pam, I, too, want to express my deep, deep gratitude to our panelists and to our facilitators and hosts. Um, I think the information you shared was truly 
thought-provoking. Um, and, you know, as Sarah said, fundamentally, and I think Lisa and Kenneth said this too, um, this day needs to be celebrated because it talks about freedom. Yeah. Um, and I think Cachet said, you know, or somebody said that America is a country that celebrates freedom. Yeah. And so we need to, to celebrate that. And in response to who I think Cachet asked, like, well, what do we do with all this? And I don't want to get us too political, but I want to say to people, please go register and vote. If, if you don't like the way things are going in the United States, use the tool you have to make a change, which is to register and to vote. And maybe what that means is that as an ACV member, you have to do some advocating to be able to get accessible voting uh, and know that that exists and that ACV can absolutely help you to to, to make sure that you get accessible voting in your area. But let me again just say thank you so much to Kenneth, uh, Sarah, and Lisa. Deeply appreciate you sharing your experiences with us tonight. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Yeah. We really you. definitely uh, appreciated this opportunity. Yes, it was great. Yeah. Very informative. <laughs> I learned a lot as yeah. well. <laughs> I'm going to come visit Sarah next time I'm on business. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm actually going to Houston and in, in, I'm actually am going to Houston in September to visit my son and his kids because my son and my two grandchildren live in Houston. So and well, you make sure Sarah. you let us know. We'll yeah, find you. Let us know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we will find, find you. We'll roll Sarah. out the red Let's, carpet for you. My, my son and he'll be 42 and my two grandchildren live in Houston. So I need that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys, I'm going to, um, I'm going to get us closed out here. So good night to all. Thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah, you. Ray. And thank, thank you, Joe, for streaming us. Yes, Joe. Thank you for streaming. And good night. <laughs>